There is nothing in and itself wrong with comfort. It's when comfort becomes the dominating theme of our lives. That's when comfort becomes dangerous. You see, comfort becomes dangerous when I miss out on a great opportunity because I didn't want to step outside of my comfort zone. I didn't want to step outside safety and security. That's when, that's when comfort becomes dangerous, when it keeps you from a great opportunity and perhaps even a divine opportunity. Comfort becomes dangerous and comfort becomes destructive when we settle for a good thing rather than a God thing. Comfort becomes dangerous and destructive when our attitude is, well, I, I'm, I'm going to work hard for one season of my life, but the next season of my life, I'm going to take it easy. That, we call it retirement. And I hate to tell you this morning, but that word is nowhere to be found in the Bible, neither is the concept. Sorry to give you that bit of bad news this morning. So comfort in and of itself can be a good thing, but it becomes dangerous and destructive when it keeps us from God's best for our lives. I'm, I'm excited today. I'm honored today to have KB Sides. KB, would you come up here with me real quick? Come on, would you give it up for Miss KB Sides this morning? Come up here, sweetie. I promise I will do my best not to embarrass you. I told KB, I said, listen, honey, the next time you're in town, let me know because we want to celebrate you. And we want to celebrate the incredible year that this girl's just had. Now, most everybody in this room know KB Sides. If you don't, where you been? <laughs> KB was a part of our school at Summerton Christian, uh, started in kindergarten, I believe, and went all the way through as a senior, graduated. She was, um, she was on our softball team, our girls' softball team, and what an amazing gift the Lord gave her to play softball. She uh, was all-state, as was a few other girls on our team that year. She... Um, still holds, I believe, the national record, is it for stolen bases? The national record for stolen bases. She's so humble. She don't want me bragging on her this morning. And records for RBIs and hits. And uh, she is so fast. I guarantee you there's not a guy in this room that could probably outrun her. But God saw fit to bless her, gave her an offer to the University of Alabama. She's been playing softball. She was a sophomore this year. She started for the Alabama Crimson Tide. You don't get this out of me much, honey, but roll tide. We're proud of you. And had an amazing year, especially in clutch moments when she got some big hits, home runs that propelled her team into the College World Series. They had a phenomenal year. Y'all won, what, like 60, 60 games and only how many losses? We don't like to remember those. Only 10 losses, 60 games she won. Now, let me just say this, and I, I asked her to come up here today. I don't think she wants to say anything, but if she does, I'll be happy to let her because I'm telling you, God has put her in the spotlight. I believe that God did that. And that we've seen interviews with her on ESPN and other sports and news outlets because she is exhibiting exactly what I've been preaching ever since I got here. Be light. And she is lighting up her world for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful for the way that God is using this young lady. Did you want to say a little something? Oh, gosh. Whew, I was not prepared to say anything. Um, but 
I feel like for me personally, when you have to, when you get to something great, there's always something that you go through that brings you to the point of to where, um, sorry, I'm getting emotional, that you just want to give up. And my freshman year was something completely that I was not expecting. And I found myself at one point um, on the floor in my dorm room. Have you ever been to a point where you just cried out to God, just please help me? because I just can't get through this on my own. And I remember I called, uh, my mom called Philip and Nicole, and I felt like God just sent them to come rescue me, and I came home and saw Pastor and Miss Jamie, and I'm so thankful for this church, because without this church, I would not be on the platform that I am today. And God has just been so good to me, and my uh, one of my coaches, our first base coach, Allie, she's like a saint. She is literally the most amazing woman I've ever met, and she always told me that Kendall Beth, when you put your feet on the floor, the enemy knows that there's something so good for you and that God has planned for you and that he's just trying to take your purpose. And I will never forget just looking back when I hit that home run, I just looked up and I was like, all of those tears I cried, they paid off because I struggled so hard. And I'm just so thankful for all of your support because God had me in the palm of his hand the whole time. Love you. Come on, let's give it up. Miss KB Sides. Woo! <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, you don't get from where she was to where she is by staying in the comfort zone. You've got to be willing to take some risks. You've got to be courageous. You've got to know how to step out in faith and trust God. And that's exactly what she's done. And now this coming year, she is now listed as one of the top, I don't know if it's the top 10 players to watch in women's college softball this next year because of the gift that God's given her. And here's what I believe. You can, you can debate me if you want, but you'll lose. And that is that she's anointed to do what God has gifted her to do. And I'm thankful for her. Now, if she has to get up and leave a little early, don't think she's bailing on my sermon or bailing on me. She's got to be in Springville by 2 o'clock for an appointment there, but she was so kind to be here this morning. But, you know, we've been, we've been looking at this subject on not being a hostage. And we've been looking back in the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel chapter 17 and looking closely at the story of David and Goliath, and really more than just the story of David and Goliath, but we've been... We've been watching and, and studying the nation of Israel and the, and the Philistines. And how that for so many years the, the Philistines, and not just necessarily any Philistine, but the Philistine giants had intimidated the armies of God. It's what kept them from going into the promised land sooner than they did. They saw those big giants in the land when they were spying it out. And they said that we look like grasshoppers compared to them. They had a grasshopper complex. And many in the body of Christ today still have a grasshopper complex. You look at the size of your giant and you measure the size of your giant based on your size. But what we've got to learn to do is we've got to learn to do what David did. David did not see giant the giant from his perspective. He saw the giant from God's perspective. And he said, this giant might be bigger than me, but this giant is not bigger than God. And this giant is going to come down today. Now, I know some of you see this title today and you say, not a hostage to comfort. And, and you're like, Pastor, is comfort really a giant in our lives? Well, it was for the nation of Israel. 
Every morning, the nation of Israel would get up and they would put on their armor, they would, they would shout, they would, they would declare their battle cries, and they would go out, they would take their positions on the battle line, and it would be as if they were ready to do battle. But the moment that Goliath stepped on the scene and began to taunt and began to mock them, out of fear, they turned and they ran. And guess where they ran to? They ran back where they came from. They ran back to their comfort zone. They ran back to their tents where they felt safe and where they felt secure. Knowing that if we run out of supplies, then somebody like our brother David will bring us some more supplies. So we got plenty to eat over here. We got our tents where we feel safe and secure. We've got all of our buddies that we hang out with that we're familiar with. And so in a time of crises, in a time when a, when a giant was threatening their lives, they chose to run back to their places of comfort. And I pray this morning that if you have made a decision that you're not going to be intimidated by the giant of comfort, if you have decided that you are going to step outside of your comfort zone and be obedient to God, and let me just say this right here, you need to write this down, obedience and comfort always butt heads. Let me say that again. Obedience and comfort always butt heads. It is never comfortable to be obedient to God. Never. But if you want to be obedient to God, you've got to be willing to step out of your comfort zone. And for those of you that have decided to step out, I want to encourage you today that when things get tough, when things get difficult, don't turn and run back to your place of comfort and familiarity. How can we avoid that? Well, here's the first thing that we can do. We can remember that faith thrives in discomfort. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor? All you've got to do is go to Hebrews chapter 11 to discover that faith and obedience thrives in discomfort. I want to show you just a few examples of this here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. It says that it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. Now let me tell you how uncomfortable this had to be for Noah. Noah is not on the beach building an ark. He's not building a cruise ship where he's going to take a pleasure cruise or a vacation. No, he is slap dab in the middle of a desert. And God commands him in the middle of that desert to build an ark. And he said, the reason why you need to build this ark is because water is going to fall out of the sky for 40 days. Now listen, up until that point, water had never come out of the sky. Water had only come up from the ground. That's how the ground received its moisture. It had never rained before. And now God is telling Noah, something that you've never seen before is going to happen. And it's going to be so intense that the whole earth is going to be flooded. And so Noah, I need you to build an ark of safety and security that will protect your family during that season of a flood. Now, can you imagine what Noah's neighbors must have thought when they saw him building this huge ark in the middle of a desert? Can you imagine what they thought when he told them, guys, I'm telling you, God spoke to me, and God said, water's going to fall out of the sky. I know y'all have never seen that happen before. I know you think that is impossible, that it cannot happen, but just because you've never seen it before doesn't mean that God cannot do it. Somebody say amen to that right there. 
Because some of you have already had God speak to you. And God's saying to you, I'm going to do some things in your life that you've never seen before, that you've never experienced before, and you have a hard time believing it. But Noah stepped out of his comfort zone, and he believed God, he had faith in God, and he obeyed God. But look at this next example in verse 8. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as as his inheritance. Look at this. He went without knowing where he was going. That's uncomfortable. God is calling him out of his comfort zone where he grew up Where all of his family was, and I understand this because God did this to us back in the early 1990s when we left Alabama and were gone for 26 years. Alabama was the only thing I had ever known. All of my family was in Alabama. All of my friends were in Alabama. All of my minister friends were in Alabama. It was our comfort zone, and God called us out of that place. And I even know what it's like for God to speak to you and tell you to get to stepping, but then he doesn't give you the details as to where you're going and how you're going to get there. But notice, it happened to Abraham. It was uncomfortable for him to go somewhere that he didn't know where he was going. He had to trust God every step of the way. That's not comfortable. And listen, if you're comfortable in your comfort zone, you will miss out on opportunities that these folks seized because they had faith and they obeyed God and stepped outside of their comfort zones. Look at this next example. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. Let me ask you something, ladies. Is 90 years old, is it uncomfortable to have a baby at 90 years old? Say, I don't know, I ain't had one at 90. But you know it was uncomfortable when you did have one. There's nothing comfortable about giving birth to something. And here she is in her 90s. And when God spoke, she had faith. And even though the scripture doesn't say it, I know she obeyed. Because this was not something that happened divinely as the Holy Spirit moved upon her. She had to go get her husband and say, okay, husband, God says we're going to have a baby and there's only one way that can happen. So obey God. And she obeyed. She got pregnant. And in her 90s, she had a baby. Was all of that comfortable? No. But she stepped outside of her comfort zone. Look at verse 17. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Do you think that was comfortable for Abraham? The boy that he had been praying for? This was the promised seed? This was the one through whom the promise was going to be given to the nation of Israel? He had prayed. He had believed God for this boy. And now God is saying, I want you to take that son that you love. I want you to take him up on Mount Moriah. I want you to tie him up. I want you to put him on an altar. And I want you to offer him to me as a sacrifice to me. That was not comfortable. But do you know what Abraham did? He obeyed God. He stepped outside of his comfort zone and God provided. Look at verse 23. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. Do you think that was easy? 
for his mother and daddy to take him and build a little boat out of bulrushes and put their son in a bulrush and push him out into the river trusting that God would put him into the hands of somebody who would provide for him and take care of him when the Pharaoh was wanting every male newborn child to be put to death. They had to trust God. How uncomfortable would that be for you if you had to take your little three-month-old baby or newborn baby and put them in a little boat and just push them out to sea and trust that God is going to take care of them. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid, look at this now, to disobey the king's command in order to be obedient to the command of God. Look at this, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Do you know that being the son of Pharaoh's daughter would have given Moses a comfortable life? He would have lived in the palace the rest of his life. He would have had the finest of foods. He would have stayed in the nicest of rooms. He would have had the best of education. He would have had the best of everything. But he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. Look at this. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. And here's what Moses would have said. He said, yeah, that would have been a nice, comfortable place to grow up back there in Pharaoh's palace. It would have been a nice place for me to spend the rest of my life. But he chose not to take that road. Instead, he chose to identify with the people of God because he said, even though that would be a good life, there's a greater life that God has in store for me. And I would rather suffer and be uncomfortable for a little while right now so that I could have the great things that God has in store for me later. Somebody ought to give God a good praise right there. Amen. We go on in chapter 11 and we read about people like David and Samson and Barak who subdued lions. Like David who killed lions and bears. We read about the many exploits that some of those men did, but it didn't turn out that way for everybody who obeyed God. Others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope, look at this, in a better life after the resurrection. Don't settle for good when God has called you for great. Don't settle for good when God wants to do something godly in your life. Don't settle for good when Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Yes, you may have to step outside of your comfort zone to get there, but it will be worth it. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some of them were jeered at. Their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. Others were killed with the sword. You see, that's the part you don't read very much about, but they were willing to step outside of their comfort zone in order to be obedient to the will of God. 
God in order to be obedient to the call of God upon their lives. And listen, it's going to be the same for every one of us. But here's what I've discovered. I've discovered faith thrives when things get uncomfortable. My faith has always been the strongest when I've been going through the most difficult times of my life. This is why Paul said this. He said, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Faith thrives in holy discomfort. I think that's why God won't ever let us get comfortable. I think that's why God left the giants in the promised land. When you come to 1 Samuel chapter 17, this is not when they have just entered in or just come out of Egypt. They're now in the promised land and they're in the promised land and there are still giants. And I think God left those giants there because he didn't want them to get too comfortable. He always wanted them to be challenged. He always wanted them to know that there was something greater and something better that he had called them to. And it's the same for everyone of us in this room here today I'm telling you we have not seen the half of what God wants to do let's not get comfortable now no let's not get comfortable now let's not think that we've already experienced the best of what God has to offer no God has got so much more look at your neighbor and say God has so much more but you got to be willing to get a little uncomfortable amen here's the second thing we got to remember that the point of our lives is the fame of Jesus. You say, well, what does that have to do with comfort? Because if you don't remember who you are fighting for, if you don't remember who it is that you are serving, let, let, let me just ask you this. We're talking here about not being a hostage. We're talking about freedom from some giants that have taunted us for too long. Let me, let me ask you this. Why do you want to be free of fear? Why do you want to be free from rejection? Why, why would you want to be free from anger or addiction? Listen, if your motivation to be free is for freedom's sake, then your motivation is not completely pure. But if you want to be set free so that God gets the glory out of your freedom, that's another thing. And you will never pay the price to step outside of your comfort zone if you don't remember what the end goal is. Because if you know you're doing this for the glory of God, you're willing to put up with whatever you have to put up with. You're willing to deal with whatever it is that you've got to deal with. And that was the case with David. After David came out and looked at Goliath, and Goliath despised him because of how he looked, told him that he wasn't able, told him, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air and the animals of the field. Then David responded back to him and said, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I'll kill you, and I'll cut off your head, and then I'm going to give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. Look at this. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. He said, I'm not going to kill you today. I'm not going to defeat you today, giant, just so I can get some attention and some approval. Just so the king will like me and just so people will sing my praises. No, this giant's coming down today because he's defied God. He's taunted God. 
And today he's coming down. And when he comes down, it won't be me that gets the glory. It'll be the God of Israel that gets all the glory and the honor. And he goes on and he says, everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with a sword and a spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. See, that's got to be our end goal for anything that happens in our life. We want God to get glory out of it. It's for the fame of Jesus. I mean, you think about Jesus himself. Talk about uncomfortable. The Bible does say that he left heaven where he was mighty comfortable. And he came here to this earth where things got really uncomfortable. He suffered. He was beaten. He was whipped. He was crucified. And have you ever thought, why? Why, why Jesus? What, what was your real motivation for that? Was it so that we could be saved, healed, and delivered? Well, that was part of it, but that wasn't the main reason he did what he did. Philippians 2 tells us, Therefore God elevated Jesus to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's why he did everything he did, was so that it would bring glory and honor to his Father. So we want to be saved. We want to be healed. We want to be delivered. Why? So God gets some glory out of it. So God gets some fame. God gets some honor. People begin to recognize, I knew you. I know what a scoundrel you was. I know what a sinner you were. I know how lost you were. I know how wicked you were. It had to be God who did something in your life. Look at your neighbor and say, it had to be God because I knew you before you knew God. <laughs> Amen. Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. If we're not going to retreat back to our comfort zones when things get uncomfortable, we have got to align ourselves with God. Do you know what that means when you align yourself with God? It means that He is up front leading the way and then we're all in line following the leader. And now listen to me, when you align yourself with God, get ready to get uncomfortable because God doesn't fear anything or anyone. And God is not afraid to go into any place, anywhere, anytime. So when you align yourselves with God, it reminds me of, it reminds me of Elijah, that when he aligned himself with God, the first place that God took him during a time of famine, he took him to a brook called Kareth. And after he had been at that brook for a while, the Bible said that the brook dried up. And it dried up because it had not rained for three and a half years. Now here's what, here's what Elijah could have done. He could have said, well, you know what? This is my comfort zone. This is where God has sent ravens every day to bring me food to eat. This is where when I'm thirsty, I can just take a cup and dip it in water and get me something to drink. This is my comfort zone. But God said, no, this place is dried up. You want, if, you want, if you want to continue to experience my glory, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone, go down to Zarephath, and at Zarephath, there's a widow woman there that I've commanded to take care of you. Now, what if she would have stayed, at, or what if he would have stayed at Kareth? He'd have died. And can I tell you that if you stay in your comfort zone when God's calling you out, you'll die. You will. 
And you can sit there in that place and you can gripe about how God's not providing for you anymore. God's not feeding me anymore. God's not giving me anything to drink anymore. You can sit in that place and you can gripe and you can moan and you can groan. Or you can get your stuff and you can get outside of your comfort zone. And you can go down to Zarephath. And down at Zarephath is where God's working now. Down at Zarephath is where God's providing now. Down at Zarephath is where God's going to take care of you now. You see, when you align yourselves with God... You may have to step out of your comfort zone. You will have to step out of your comfort zone from time to time. But God will always lead you. God will always guide you to his place of provision. He'll take care of you if you'll just obey him. Amen. And then here's the last thing this morning, that if we are going to keep ourselves from retreating back to our comfort zone, we've got to remember life is short. Do you hear me? Life is short. Look at what Psalm 144 says. Oh Lord, what are human beings that you should notice them? Mere mortals that you should think about them. For they are like a breath of air. Their days are like a passing shadow. And here's what the psalmist is saying to us. The psalmist is saying to us, hey, life is short. Life doesn't last long. James tells us the same thing in James chapter 4. He said, look here, you who say today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. But he said, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. In other words, life is short. And I think about these Israelites standing down there for 40 days, wasting 40 days of their life, letting Goliath taunt them and mock them. And it would have gone on longer if David had not come on the scene and done something about it. 40 days of their life. And don't you know that there were, there were, there were probably some days when they got up and said, you know what, today's it. Today's the last night. I'm not putting up with this guy anymore. I'm not putting up with his taunts anymore. I'm not putting up with his defying and his mocking anymore. Today, this is it. Only to retreat right back to their places of comfort, safety, and security. Only to say, well, tomorrow. Oh, I hear that so many times. Well, pastor, I'll be obedient to God in the next season of my life. Uh, pa pastor, I'll, I'll be obedient to God you know, once I get out of high schooling and get into college. And, and then it becomes, oh, well, I, I'll be obedient to God once I get out of college because, you know, I want to enjoy my college years because, you know, that's my years where I have fun. That's my years where I party. And so, so I'll wait until I get out of college. I, I'll wait until I get married. Then That's when I'll be obedient to God, that, that season of my life when I get married. But, oh, wait, hold on a minute. Let, let's give us a few years to just kind of get things together, to get, you know, to get our feet on the ground as a married couple. Then, then we'll be obedient to God. Then we'll step outside. Well, Pastor, wait, wait until I can get a little bit more money in the bank. And I've got a little more money in the bank that helps me feel a little bit more safe, helps me be a little bit more secure. Acting as if life lasts forever. It doesn't. And what I say to you this morning is this, you better hurry. Are you hearing me? You better hurry. Life is short. In comparison to eternity, your time here on earth amounts to about five seconds. That's how much time you have in comparison to eternity to make a difference with your life, to make an impact with your life.
And some of you are still back here in your comfort zone. Well, when this happens, or when this happens, or when that happens, or when this takes place, or when that takes place, or when this season ends, or when that season ends. No, you don't have the time that you think you will have. Life is short here on this earth. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 90 verse 12, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Because when you realize how short life is, you're going to live life a lot more wise than we do. Just like the nation of Israel. We're wasting days, weeks, months, years of our lives intimidated by giants. Listen to what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. I've talked to you to this point about regret. I've talked to you about fear. I'm going to talk to you about anger, and I'm going to talk to you about addiction. But listen to me. Hear me. This giant that I'm talking to you about today is the most dangerous giant you'll ever face because he's so subtle. It's all right to be comfortable. It's all right to stay in this zone of safety and security. That word comfort just simply means physical ease, no pain, no restraint. And that's where some folks are here this morning with your life. If I were to ask you, you'd say, you know, Pastor, I'm in a good place. Physically, rest, physically, everything at ease. No pain, my kids are obedient, my marriage is good, got money in the bank, my job is thriving, no pain. And I definitely don't feel any restraint because things are good. So why would I want anything more? I'll tell you why, because God has more for you. God has more for us. But this giant of comfort is so subtle that he keeps you in your comfort zone and you're missing out. I guarantee you if I were to ask people in this room here today, there would be so many of you that would say that early in my life I had a great opportunity but I did not have the faith to be obedient. I played it safe. And now you see others that didn't play it safe, that stepped out of their comfort zone, took advantage of the opportunity and their lives have never been the same since. The giant of comfort must fall. There's a nation, listen to me, there's a nation depending on you. There's a church right here. There's a church waiting on you. There's a community, 32,689 people within a 10-mile radius of this building. There's a community that's waiting on you. There's a spouse waiting. There's a family waiting on you. But so many are stuck in their complacency. You know what? There's a hundred kids downstairs waiting on you. Gentlemen, listen to me. There's a hundred kids downstairs Every Sunday morning, close to 100 kids, they're waiting on you. 
I know it's uncomfortable to say, God, I'll be a teacher to those kids. I'll go down there on Sunday morning and teach them. I'll go down there during the worship service. I'll give up my time every now and then at the worship service on Sunday morning to go down there and to preach to them, worship with them, help them to become the young men and women of God that God's called them to be. But pastor, it's going to require more of my time. It's going to require more of my energy. It's going to require more of my effort. Yes, it will. Absolutely. But they're waiting on you. I want to say it again. They're waiting on you. Time is short. But listen to me. Time is short, but God is big. God is big. But you'll never know how big God is till you step out of that comfort zone by faith and trust Him. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience it for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.